Are you happy with your life's decisions? Some of them, perhaps, but what about all of them? What if, by changing your thought patterns, you could manifest a magical, mysterious, and inspired life? Welcome to Sacred Haven Living with host Carolyn McGee. Learn from amazing guests who have taken their lives to a whole new level, along with intuitive wisdom from your host. It's time to live the life you've always dreamed about. Now, here is Carolyn McGee. Hello, everyone. Carolyn McGee here. It is such an honor and a privilege to be with you all again, and welcome to Sacred Haven Living. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about emotions. It's such a powerful topic. Um, and life-changing when we really tap into our emotions. And I am honored to have Eileen Dillon here with me. Uh, she is a transpersonal coach and an author and has actually written about emotions. So we're going to get into some really juicy stuff as we move forward here. Um, as always, I would love it if you just kind of take a deep breath and settle into your body We're going to be going on this beautiful sacred journey. So if you're on Facebook Live with me, you can see the path going into our reflection pool, which is the gateway to Sacred Haven. So I invite you to very consciously walk along with us. You know, energy is, um, it's not present, it's present, it's not past, it's not future. So we're all really in this together. Uh, And I invite you to be conscious and think about anybody who may be listening to this in the future, listening to us live now, that we are all a community. We are creating our own sacred haven with what we're doing. So feel your feet on the ground as you walk towards this pool. For me, I like to connect in by taking my shoes off and actually feeling the ground underneath me. And I'm seeing Eileen shaking her head. I bet she's taking those shoes off too. And we're going to walk along and just gather around this reflection pool. And if you feel comfortable, put your hands out. Connect with the energy of the being next to you. And just feel the gathering, our sacred circle, the energy as we step into imagination and make it our new reality. And look down into the reflection pool. Allow what you need to work on or receive during our time together. Is there an emotion that you're challenged with? Is there an emotion that you don't like that you can perhaps make friends with or modify it to allow it more into your body? Whatever it is, just allow that emotion to come out and be seen, to be more present so we can play with it. And now... Miss Eileen, it's such an <laughs> honor to have you here with me. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. This sounds, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this adventure. <laughs> can, can I tell you one thing when you're talking sure. about imagination? In my mid-30s, um, I, I had a really rough childhood. And in my mid-30s, I was in my bedroom crying one day because I felt like an orphan. I felt very 
unconnected. And uh, I had a stepmother, but she never adopted me. And I'd lost my birth mother when I was two. And a friend of mine called and I answered the phone and I told her what was going on. And she started laughing. She said, you're thinking too small about who your mother is. You're the person who's always out digging in the garden. Your mother is not one of these people who didn't adopt you. Your mother is Mother Earth. And she told me that I should go to the beach and take my shoes off and walk in the sand and connect with Mother Earth. And I prepared to do that. And just as I was to walk out the door, an absolute downpour came. It was a huge storm. And I decided I'm not going to do that. But instead, I went to my bed and I imagined walking mm-hmm. barefoot. And it connected me with Mother Earth, and I never felt orphaned again. That is such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. I, so, so let's walk along and um, and find our emotions portal where we can really get settled in and have some more juicy conversations. So, um, Eileen, do you have a direction that you think that we should head off in? Like, are you getting an intuitive pull in one way or the other? In terms of what kind of emotion we need to look Uh, at? No, actually, in terms of which direction we should go in to get started. Uh, Do we uh, go north or south, east, east, west? East. East. Aha, there we go. What a great way to bring, you know, a new dawn into emotions, right? So let's head off to the east. And, you know, everybody's experience of what they see in um, Sacred Haven is different because we're all unique individuals. Um, What I'm seeing for the emotions portal for us to open up and go in um, is a big pink heart. And, you know, I always think of the high heart energy of unconditional love. And so that's what I'm seeing for me. What about you, Eileen? Is there something that's coming to your mind? I I got so taken away with your big pink heart. <laughs> uh, you know, I started immediately thinking about the work and and experience I've had in learning to love myself and mm. how powerful how powerful that's been. Yeah, yeah, we definitely want to dive into that. So we're just going to go with this big pink heart and I'm going to move it gently aside so that we can go in and create our sacred haven. Uh, pull up a chair, everybody, get comfy or you know, sit on the ground, find a rock, whatever is awesome for you, whatever's going to make you feel most engaged. And so, yeah, let's talk about loving yourself. I'd love to hear that story, Eileen. Well, it's a long one. As I said, I I was uh, neglected in the first two years of my life. Then I lost my birth mother and my father was in the military and we moved from pillar to Mm. post. So I didn't make those kinds of connections with other people that brought love into me. And I realized uh, after my first husband left me, I realized that I had been using him Uh, uh, manipulating him uh, and I hadn't thought I was manipulating but the reason I was was because I had a belief that I was not lovable Mm -hmm. and um, you know here was a man who told me he loved me and he acted on it by marrying me when we were 19 years old right and so I realized that I needed 
not to grab onto somebody again, but to develop it in myself. Mm. And uh, when you haven't had much, you don't even know what it feels like, what it looks like, how to do it. And I was given this wonderful exercise of imagining a um, baby animal or a human baby and letting my love go to that animal or baby. And then when I was really feeling loving toward that creature to transfer that love to myself. And the first, at first I could do it and hold it for about three or four seconds, but Mm. I kept with it over the years. And I now have a very strong love for myself. Um, And uh, what I've also done is decided to live on the basis of love to, uh, to, you make that my guiding principle. If something goes awry, I say, what's the most loving way to go through this? You know, how can I be most loving to myself? And as you know, Carolyn, whatever we have inside of us is what we attract from outside of us. Mm-hmm. So I finally moved into that pretty strongly about 1994. And since that time, my life has just been amazing. You witnessed some of it last weekend. amazing in terms of love coming back to me in addition to me being loving in the world. And I think we all came here to uh, explore love and not love. So uh, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a happy camper doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love that you said happy camper. (laughs) (laughs) One of my, there you go. <laughs> One of the ways that I learned to love myself and to really connect with my own energy was looking in the mirror. You know, look, mm-hmm. the eyes are the window to our souls. And if we can really deeply connect with ourselves through our souls and see the love, the unconditional love, then it allows us to, you know, understand that we're worthy just by virtue of being born. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else we need to do. So everybody out there listening, I really invite you to, you know, to, to work on this, to take, you know, Eileen's suggestion or to take mine and, you know, work, love yourself in whatever way that means maybe journaling sometimes too. You know, I used to put affirmations. I am a huge fan of sticky notes. I've got them in every color imaginable (laughs) and I have them all over my house with affirmations or just reminders, you know, I am loved, I am lovable. And, you know, that's that when that becomes our core value, then we become so much more magnetic. Right. I had a therapist once whom I really loved and she told me to put sticky notes uh, on the bathroom mirror, in my car, Mm -hmm. on the door as I'm leaving. And what she told me to write is there is nothing wrong with me. Because I think sometimes we don't love ourselves because we're carrying shame, which is what having something wrong with you is all about. Mm -hmm. And, And just to, she said, every time you see this, read it out loud. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. That made a huge difference. I love that. Yeah, that's really powerful. And yeah, shame and, you know, it all affects the heart, right? If you think Mm -hmm. about the heart and the chakra system, you know, shame, grief, Mm -hmm. self-worth, they can all block 
guilt. <laughs> you know, there's a whole slew of them that can get stuck in our body if we don't allow them to be released. You know, my learning is that guilt is a form of anger. I mm-hmm. learned the definition that it's anger that we turn inward on ourselves, that we feel like um, we don't, um, what is it? Uh, uh, What happens is we end up being in a bind, all right? Like if I'm driving down the road and a dog runs in front of me and I have to make a choice between hitting the dog or wrapping myself around a telephone pole and I choose myself and kill the dog, I feel guilty. But the anger underneath it is, first of all, that somebody let the dog be out there. But secondly, that I was faced with that choice where I had to choose one or the other. I couldn't win no matter what I did. That's when we feel guilty. Yeah. And when we can, when we can acknowledge, you know, when you feel guilty and then say, okay, what could I possibly be angry about and uh, explore that? then the anger can dissipate. Yeah. Anger is just such an interesting emotion. And I know it's something that you've done a lot of work with and I have too, uh, different ways than you, but um, I always thought that I wasn't an angry person Mm. because yeah. hmm, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had gotten so skilled at stuffing it down and Uh it turned into anxiety and depression for me because I was always holding and probably guilt, you know, I'm going to have to explore that one a little bit more now to, to see about, you know, that aspect of anger. Mm -hmm. But I, even like when I started out on my self-development journey here, like actively, they did, um, you know, the, the angry punching to try and move energy. I couldn't get angry. I was paralyzed no matter what, no matter what anybody said to me, no matter what they did to me. And I mean, I had um, a friend became a very close friend of mine, like trash talking me like you wouldn't believe it. I started crying. Uh (laughs) I couldn't feel it. A lot of women do cry instead of getting angry. And, uh, you know, there's nothing really wrong with it because anger, all emotions are energy. And uh, the the difficulty is that we block the movement of the energy. Like you said, you would hold it down, you would stuff it down. That's blocking the energy of it. And that's what ends up making us be explosive. Like I might decide, mm. Carolyn, to, uh, well, I'm just not going to be angry with you anymore. So if something irritates me, I'll just put it over here and something else irritates, I put it over here. And then there will come a time when you do something and I won't be able to hold it back anymore and I'll lash out. And then I'll feel terrible because my ethos is I don't get angry. (laughs) Uh, And then I promise myself I'm not going to let myself get angry again. And all I do is start building the energy up again. So we end up going on a pattern of getting angry and releasing it and feeling bad and then holding on to it and releasing it and feeling bad. And uh, without, most people don't realize that they're creating the explosion, no matter how strong or not strong, Mm -hmm. uh, by holding on to the anger. 
Yeah, I always mentioned it as like the volcano, right? It's like it's it's contained and then all of a sudden it, the energy just can't be contained anymore. And right. oftentimes we get angry about something that isn't even related to what the truth of the anger is. It's just become a tipping point. You know, that's, I think, some of the road rage things that are out there. And, uh, you know, it's just people, they're pushed to the point where they need to react, but it's an overreaction to that specific event. Have you seen that? You know, well, actually, my daughter, when she was 10, helped me to realize that there was something I was getting angry about that wasn't even important to me. It wasn't my anger. It mm. was my grandmother's anger. It was my grandmother's anger. My daughter started in the early, I was a single parent. I had two kids, had to get them ready for school in the morning. She started bringing me the hairbrush in the kitchen, asking me to fix her hair. And I, I'm a recovered angry person. And I was plenty angry in those days. And uh, so I used to, you know, I would say, hair doesn't belong in the kitchen. Stop bringing me the hairbrush in the kitchen. Took me about two weeks to realize the whole time I was lecturing her like that, I was actually fixing her hair in the kitchen. And so Mm. that opened my eyes. Kids are always helping us to learn these things. Uh, That opened my eyes to the fact that clearly it didn't matter to me to fix hair in the kitchen. So whose (laughs) voice was it? Well, when I was five, I lived on the farm with my grandparents, just me, and I would get up in the morning and go milk the cow with my grandfather, and I would lean against the cow. Sometimes cow hairs would get on my body, and then uh, we would stop at the smokehouse, and I would pick up the baby kittens, and my grandfather would give some top milk to the mother cat, and then we'd come into the house where my grandmother had been making breakfast, and she would call out. Eileen, you dust yourself off and wash your hands and face because I don't want a hair in my kitchen, right? Wow. And that was where the anger came. And it wasn't even my anger. So yes, we can. it comes from all places. And yeah. so it's really important to look at it when it comes up, as you see that. So by the way, once you learn your lesson, whatever it was my daughter's subconscious was trying to teach me, then you're finished with it immediately. So mm-hmm. I told her, once I learned it, I said, from now on, you have to bring the hairbrush to me in the kitchen. If you don't, I'm going to get angry. And she never brought it to me again. <laughs> never. That's so funny. It's And it's yeah. so powerful for, you know, for us to be able to understand where that's coming from, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of times I think, you know, the, I, I love your, your comment about your grandmother is, you know, if you think about it, your grandmother learned from her mother, from the energy of being in her womb, and then your mother from her and you from your mother, we've been carrying this energy for generations. And, and it's part of our um, physical makeup now. So some yeah. of the, some of that emotion that we're carrying around truly isn't ours. And yes, and learning how to separate that out. You know, one of the things that I do with my coaching clients all the time when they're upset about something or processing any emotion is, is it yours? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that they can and like, and you know, sometimes it is, you know, for me with my anger, I had to filter out. Am I 
Is it my mother's anger? Is it my sister's anger? Is it my ex-husband's anger? Is it my kid's anger? Is it mine? And sometimes it was a combination of it all, but I could move it more effectively when I understood where it was coming from. Yes, that's helpful. And the, the question, the kind of universal question I ask myself is, uh, what do I think should happen here? Or what do mm. I think should not happen? Because the universal cause of anger that I have uncovered and worked with for many years is that we have ideas or beliefs in our heads and they're put in there early in life. So they're very simple. This should not, you should not butt in line. You should not eat the last cookie. You should give me a hug. It comes like that. And so if we just ask, well, what do I think should or should not happen? It will open up. And if it's not yours, then you'll know, well, that should happen. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't really care about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really powerful one. And it's funny because I just reacted to the word should, because there's such an energy around it of obligation. And, you know, in their growing up, there was an obligation to take care of other people's emotions before mine. Uh, my, I know, and mine weren't as valid as everybody else's. You know, it's you have to take care of or be a good girl. I hate that. <laughs> and, but that was a, a layer that I needed to work through is that, you know, the should is not a bad word. I mean, it has an energy mm-hmm. to it, but it doesn't have to be a negative. Well, what's important about should to me is it indicates that whatever it is that's connected to should is coming from the outside. It's not coming from inside of Mm. me. It's something I learned from somebody else, picked up from somebody else. And I'm now dedicated to the idea and the experience that all of life is lived from the inside out. So I do want to divest myself of anything Mm -hmm. I connect a should with just because I I want it to be what is right for me. So I change should to want. What do I want here? What's important to me? Yeah. Yeah, there's a big power in that. And I, I really appreciate that reframe because I I was so triggered when you said should. It's really, it's good. <laughs> and right? we, a lot of people use the word should. A lot mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Should, would, could, you know, it's, there's um, this not, there's a lack of freedom for me, which, you know, I'm going to be journaling myself later on today after all of this to kind of dive into those, but it's, it is fascinating. So, so what's another energy that, um, that you have a lot of experience about or that you want to (laughs) share? other people (laughs) (laughs) all of the emotions that's what's funny about well um you know what is present a lot right now is fear yeah and so i and uh you know a lot of people see fear as a primary emotion sort of thing and um i because of the circumstances of my life anger opened up before first in my life but um when I turned 50, I realized that I had, because of all those things that I'd gone through, I'd been afraid my whole life. And by that point, I had 
uh, put myself in charge. I've, I'd mastered anger. So I thought, well, is it possible? Is it possible that I might be able to do the same thing with fear? What would it take to mm. master fear, meaning putting it under my charge, under my direction, instead of reacting to it and having it overwhelm me and all of that? And so in thinking about it, I went to the fact that here on the earth, we have duality. We have light and dark, hard and soft. What is the duality of fear? Well, what I came up with is faith. Some people like to call it trust. It's not a religious faith, but it's uh, the kind of faith I need to put my head on the pillow at night and believe I'm going to wake up the next morning, right? And so we have this tendency to go first to the negative. This is human beings tend to go to the negative, which I thought means that the first thing I do is go into fear. And so the real, the, the important question begin, becomes, once I'm in fear, how can I get to faith, right? Yeah. And, and so I came up with a little technique. I didn't know if it would work or not. I tend to be very stubborn, Carolyn. And so <laughs> I, uh, I made this technique with the biggest uh, individual or entity I could think of, God. So I made this question. What if, anytime I felt fear, I would ask myself, what if I had a written guarantee from God that this is all going to work out and I'm going to be okay? Then what would I be paying attention to? What decisions would I make? What actions would I take, right? And I began to do that, even with small, every time I noticed fear, it's like, okay, what if I had a written guarantee? What would I be doing here? And uh, usually, uh, because I've used this with other people too, usually the answer is I would just keep going forward. I would do what I want to do. I would not slow down. And the decisions I make would be uh, to help me keep going for what feels right for me. And the actions I would take would be similar. And so I began doing that. Now, that was uh, 20, almost this month will be 29 years ago I started that. And and I didn't know how it would work. Uh, But when I was uh, 73, I went on a cruise with my sister. And I decided to handle some of my, um, uh, my bucket list items. So I swam with dolphins. I went zip lining over the jungle and I swam with a full grown jaguar. Right. And I thought since those were physical dangers that I would feel fear, but in none of those did I feel even a second of fear. And I realized that doing this actually just calms the fear to the point where I get to choose. I mean, fear points out to us that we're going into new territory and we need to be cautious and it's uh, it's energy and you can't get rid of energy, right? right? So it's not going to go away, but I can have it so that it's like this big in me instead of the former uh, envelope that I used to live in of fear. Yeah. Fear can be such a powerful thing. And, you know, it's, it's really part of our, um, our, warning system. You know, it's that fight, fright, 
and freeze. And it indicates mm. what we need to do, how we need to be aware. And as we, I think for me, as I understand fear more, it, it's, it's a warning signal, you know, right. it, and I can shift and I can notice, um, you know, what's going on around me. Uh, you know, there's mm -hmm. a funny story about a rabbit that I'm going to tell when we get back from the break. We're going to be heading in there and very shortly. But, you know, for for me, really understanding that the level and the refinement of the fear and what is the motivation. And again, going back to, is it mine or not? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times it's it's inherited. It's it's. It just becomes natural to fear certain things, even if we don't have a fear of it ourselves. Let me, let me put just one quick thing in. I've come to the conclusion that I don't want to own emotions at all. Mm. I don't want to say that it's my fear or my anger because I want in the energy of emotions to move. And when I do that, it tends to bind it to me. Ooh, I love that. Let's talk more about that when we get back from our break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Sacred Haven Living. Want to find out more about Carolyn McGee and our program? Visit CarolynMcGee.com That's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-C-G-E-E.com now, back to Sacred Haven Living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am Carolyn McGee here with Eileen Dillon, and we're talking about emotions. And I, right before the break, I was talking about, a, um, you know, that fight, fright, and freeze. And as humans, we have, um, I guess, developed or overdeveloped staying in one place. And that's those trapped emotions that we were chatting about. 
And one of my favorite stories is um, I had a big slider and uh, two cats and the dog are watching the backyard and there's a rabbit out there just sitting there, nose frozen because it's evaluating what's going on. And that's what the emotion of fear is, is it's sensing into are we safe or not. Now, it knows that with the glass, somehow can't, it's safe. So it goes off and starts moving. Now, as another time, I'm actually out in the yard with my dog, but the dog is on a leash and the rabbit again evaluates, freezes, senses into the energy and realizes that the rabbit is safe and goes on about its business. Not coming closer to us, but going off and eating the, the clover because it's the fear did what it was supposed to do. It made them evaluate what's going on and then move on with their lives. But what the challenge is for us as humans is that we allow old stories to become our new reality. And it gets, we get stuck in that processing of what happened the last time. Yes, that's such a valuable point, Carolyn. Um, I wanted to mention the subtitle of my book on emotions. It's called Emotions in Motion. And the subtitle is Mastering Life's Built-In Navigation System. Mm. And you're just describing how the rabbit is navigating uh, by using uh, the emotion of fear. And um, one of my points and what I've learned is that I can consciously check my safety without having to have fear signal me to check it also. So I don't have to go into fear, but if fear is there, then I do want to, okay, going into new territory, how safe is it? Uh, as, you, uh, as you know, but we haven't mentioned yet, I am in my RV. I'm, I live and travel in a 24-foot RV. I'm in it right now. And I'm in my late 70s, and I travel through North America by myself. And people go, oh, you're so brave. And I say, no, bravery is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. This doesn't require bravery because I don't feel the fear. What I do, I mean, it, it can be there at times, but it's very small. What I do is make sure that I'm safe, make sure that I'm letting emotions move through me. And then I don't have to have courage or anything. I can just enjoy myself and love myself through my journeys. Yeah, that's so powerful. And, you know, I, I think that that's one of the big things we talked a little bit about during the break is, you know, allowing the energy to move through us, allowing ourselves to not hold on to anything because, you know, that's the that's the trigger for illness. And, you know, until we really, I think as, as humanity understand the power of moving the emotions and how, if we hold on to them, it does cause physical illness. It impacts our immune system. And, you know, it's not like, um, you know, you have an illness because you have a fear or you have an emotion. It's the way it breaks down our, our immune support, our ability to connect in with intuition and then it starts impacting our cells because it's energy, right? And if it's right. stuck, 
it's in, it's, it's not moving. And I know that that's a a big thing for you. So let's chat about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And, uh, you know, researching for my TEDx upcoming TEDx talk, um, I, uh, you know, found research, um, uh, diabetes is connected to held on to anger, uh, heart mm-hmm. disease, circulatory problems, held on to anger. Cancer has been shown to have held on to anger beneath it in the etiology, causing it, and it also promotes the growth once you have it. So it's, I mean, I really had not totally understood. We have all these illnesses right now. And we, almost all of us have learned to hold on to emotions. We call them my emotions. We stuff them down. We get embarrassed. We don't want to hurt people. All of those things when, in fact, it's energy and we really need to let it move. Now, the other interesting thing that I found out in my own life and in the lives of many people that I coach is... um, that, that as you allow the energy of emotion to move, you get into what has been called a state of flow. And that's mm-hmm. like being a kid again, where whatever you're doing, you're totally involved in it. You're enjoying it. Time uh, stretches out uh, and you just have a really good experience. And so that's the promise of moving the energy of emotions and the threat is all it can also affect our mental health not just our physical health yeah yeah and you know, i think not knowing how to process those emotions for me was really challenging because you know i was i was never taught that everything was held in you know there was who, there was who there, was <laughs> you know, yeah and you know, one of the huge gifts to me um was when i learned how to do eft or tapping and mm-hmm. pro, you know cuz you're moving the energy through your body and um i intuitively developed this what i call tap and rant is you know moving the energy and the first time i did it cuz i i really couldn't feel the anger right so i was I found that adding the motion to it helped me do it. Now, the first time I did it, all the animals in my house were just like freaked out. Like, who's this woman? <laughs> she's pacing around the house. She's saying these things. She's like, the energy's moving, right? They're very intuitive right. beings. They catch on to this. And then, you know, as I did it more and more, they realized that I was a lot happier at the end of it. So, you know, the cat might like look at me, the dog might lift his head up to see, oh, she, there she goes again. And then they're out because they know that this is a process that's going to get mom into a healthier way of being, which means more mm-hmm. fun for them. And um, it really helped me tap into literally <laughs> what was stuck because I, I needed it all. I needed the, you know, the, the acupressure points. I needed the movement in my body to help release it. And sometimes I just had to make up something because I couldn't mm-hmm. tap into the real reason I was angry. So, yeah. And yeah. we don't have to know the reason. There's a very simple little exercise I've been teaching people for years. And it's merely to close your eyes and with a cadence, start saying, I'm angry. I'm angry, I'm angry, 
I'm angry that I can't think of something that I want to say. I'm angry. I'm angry. So you, you keep saying the phrase and, um, and then if something comes up, you say it out loud and then return to the cadence and you can use it with every emotion. You don't Mm. have to just use it with anger. And the way it works is uh, facing facts sets us free. So you may not think you have anger in you at all. But when you do this, you're facing fact. I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. So if there is any energy of anger inside, it will be released. Now, one of the cautions is if you've been holding on to anger for a while, once you do this, you can feel even angrier than when you started. And all that is, is reporting back to you, yes, you've got stored anger, in which case you may want to work with a coach or a therapist, Mm -hmm. because it can be scary. I mean, for me, the anger in me started dumping out when I was about 29 years old, and I'd spent 29 years building it up. And we need to remind people that uh, whenever you hold on to emotions, they and you hold them inside, they grow in power and in volume. All right. So if you've been doing it for a while, you could have a lot. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means you have a lot to go through. It took me two years to get through all, get all the anger released from me before I could move on. Wow, that is that's amazing and. And it, it it prevents that leak that we were talking about and the deflection, I think. You know, I, I love that you don't have to understand why you're angry. I think that that's really valuable for people. Um, you know, and for me, when I was doing the tapping, I oftentimes didn't remember what I was saying because I didn't need to know. It was just a way to get the, the energy moving. And, I, and then I, I found that I didn't it didn't matter. Like you said, it just didn't matter. There was something to, to move through me and get out of me so that I could move into that presence and that serenity. Well, I got started. uh, I tried to, uh, actually I was releasing the anger at home, but then I got into a therapy group and the the therapist leading the group told me I had screams inside of me and I should scream. I couldn't do it. Like you were talking about. Could mm-hmm. not scream. I grew up on a farm. I can scream loud enough to be heard <laughs> in the next field, you know, but tell me to scream the anger. I couldn't do it. And so he called on all the people in the group to scream with me. And I turned loose finally and screamed bloody murder until, you know, right ripping through my throat until I was so exhausted. I couldn't do it anymore. And that got me started. Wow, that's powerful. And that's, I love how these commonalities is one of the things that a therapist that I was working with suggested for me was to get in my car and scream so Uh that I felt like um, I I would start singing loud and then it turned Mm -hmm. into a scream because I had the progression into that. And yeah, I remember driving and screaming down the highway. (laughs) You have to give yourself permission because for so many years, you've been denying permission to get this out. Mm -hmm. So you can also go into the forest and scream into the trees, go Mm. to the beach and scream into the ocean breeze that's coming at you. 
these are all wonderful. And at the beach, you can go barefoot. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, allowing the emotions to move through us. That is right. really the key. And well, I, can I? Yeah, go right ahead. I just want to say one thing. I think one of the reasons we haven't is because emotions have been demonized. Mm, you know, yeah. uh, anger is supposedly negative, right? Uh, we have negative emotions. And my point is that no negative, no emotion is negative. It just is. It's kind of like calling water is energy, right? How about yeah. we say water is negative you know, why wouldn't water be negative? It's just doing its thing. So one of the reasons we haven't been able to let it go is we, we judge it. We uh, say this one's negative and this one's positive. They're all energy. They all need to move. And the nice thing is when you move the fear and you move the anger, the others move more easily too. The love moves more easily. The mm -hmm. joy moves more easily. Thank you for letting me say that. It's very oh, important. <laughs> yeah, no, that is really important. And I found that, you know, as I moved all that energy and I, I usually call them like the voices in the basement, you know, they're not mature. They haven't allowed, been oh, allowed right. to express themselves fully. But as I did that, you know, my connection to the animals, to the animal kingdom became stronger. Um, as I moved more energy, my connection to my intuition, my connection to my angel guides, all of it became more open because energy is moving through my body. Like you were, yes. you were talking about, you know, water being, uh, you know, an energy and, you know, we're human beings made up of little cells <laughs> and water <laughs> and energy. And that's what we are. So the more energy or the more we allow energy to move, then we're going to have better connections with everything. And it's really key at this time, as I know you know, Carolyn, we are in such a time of change. And mm -hmm. from my perspective, we're essentially moving from our uh, focusing on our material selves into focusing on our energy selves, which means that we cannot keep blocking the energy of emotions and move into our new way of being. And I also have written a book that isn't published yet on manipulation because manipulation has to do with energy also. Mm -hmm. And my contention is that we are designed to outgrow manipulation by adulthood and we need to start doing that. So we really need to open this up so we can be comfortable in the world that is evolving right now. Yeah. And the, the consciousness you know, and, um, but it's, a, we need to have embodied and I, you know, need it. it we want <laughs> to evolve, but to be embodied when we're doing it, you know, I think um, I, my experience was that I lived in my head. So I, that's, I was disconnected from my heart. I was disconnected from all those emotions, all those messy things, and even love, because everything was analytical, the way yeah. that I looked at things and learning how to feel and be present and process all of those emotions. So powerful. If you understand 
that emotions are a gift that have been mm. given to human beings to help us navigate. You know, we have experiences and every experience has a potential lesson for us. And every emotion has a message. So the particular emotion that comes up with your experience is trying to help you how to work through it, right? Yeah. So if you recognize that emotions really are helpers and friends, then you'll stop pushing them away. I love that helpers and friends. That's fabulous. That's great. So um, do you have any other bits of advice that you would like to pass on before we start making our way back? Oh, gosh, I have 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> How about just one? <laughs> well, um, you know, the thing that the thing that really has been important for me in recent years is to recognize that we all are souls here on the earth. We've come to learn the earth is a big giant school. So we have experiences mm -hmm. and then we learn. And if we resist the learning, we don't evolve. And if we accept it, we do evolve and emotions are helping us to do the learning. So to have the idea that we're embracing whatever comes up to learn and know that that's going to move us where, exactly where we need to go because our experiences are tailor-made lessons for us. That's so important. And it has really unplugged my life. And uh, 50 years as a psychotherapist, it's unplugged a whole lot of people's lives. So I know it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. So um, we are going to start heading our way back. But before we do, I just wanted to give everybody um, a little bit more of an overview of who you are. Eileen Dillon is the author of Emotions in Motion, a global speaker, will be a TEDx speaker, a transpersonal coach and recovered angry person. I love that. Um, do you have a website or, or a way that people can reach out to you? Yes, emotionalmasteryforlife.com. And the easy way to reach me is Eileen, I-L-E-N-E, -E, at emotionalpro, like professional, emotionalpro.com. Perfect. Thank you. So let's get ourselves up, kind of shake out the energy here, move those emotions, move that energy. That's right. Let yeah. it go, let it go, let it go. And we're going to step out of this emotions portal that we've been chatting in. And I'm just going to slide back that big old pink heart. And we're going to start just gently making our way back towards our reflection pool. And um, usually along the way, I see the portal that we're going to be chatting with next time, but has not revealed itself to me yet. So we are all in for a surprise. I know. Now, I never used to like surprises because I was <laughs> fearful. <laughs> now I love surprises. So because I'm not afraid anymore. I trust, you know, I think that's part of one of the biggest um, pieces of our conversation that I really valued, Eileen, is, you know, the opposite of fear is trust and having that faith. That was really powerful. Yes, it has transformed my life. I lived every day of my life till I was 50 years old with fear. And mm -hmm. I, 
you know, I, I did feel fear when I was driving up out of the town of Uruguay, Uruguay in Colorado when it was raining and I was on a two lane road <laughs> in this 24 foot RV and the side of the mountain was right next to me. And then I had a couple of minutes and then I went, wait a minute, let me remind myself, what if I had a written guarantee from God and I could just feel the, the mm. calmness return? That is so powerful and beautiful. So let's just go back and stand around um, our reflection pool like we did in the beginning. And, you know, I invite you to look into the pool. And did you get an answer to your question? Did you understand an emotion that maybe you didn't like or you weren't valuing? Can you look at that emotion in a different way? Is there something that you can find that's positive or allow it to upgrade or shift your perspective on it. So I invite you to put in the comments uh, either on uh, the, on voice America or on Facebook live, or you can contact Eileen, you can contact me and let us know what your reframe is. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so powerful. And I think one of the biggest ways to shift energy is to share it. And, you know, I want to thank everybody who makes any shift at all, because whatever one person is able to do benefits all of us. So it doesn't matter how far you shift, just if you can do a little growing, it's good for all of us. And I thank you. Yeah, there's so much power in that. I, you know, one of my favorite images is um, that drop of rain or the drop of water that goes in and impacts the entire body of water. And, and that's what that energy shift is. So thank you for reminding us all of that, Eileen. Oh, so yeah, just take a look around and you know, let's close our eyes and take a couple of deep breaths here kind of complete our circle, let go. Maybe you're feeling a little bit of an emotion, you know, shake it off again if you need to and, um, and release it, acknowledge it, honor it. You know, that's my biggest invitation for you um, at the end of this is really honoring your emotions because they're signals to let you know what is going on in your body to let you know, um, perhaps you need a different perspective and just open up your mind, your heart, your body, your soul to a different way of looking at things and to move that energy through you as gently as you possibly can. So Eileen, thank you so much for joining me and everyone here. Thank you. So we're just going to start our way out, walking along again, being in touch with who we are and our body and being present. And you can reach me at carolyn at carolynmcgee.com. I am your sacred haven living guide. And um, there's banners on the Voice America channel with um, a free gift, an intuition gift that you can Uh, download. And also, if you would like me to be your personal guide, um, there is an opportunity for us to chat and see if we're a good fit. So I invite you to check that out. Thank you so much for joining me. See you next week. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Sacred Haven Living. Please join Carolyn McGee again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Next week, more on creating your better life. Thank you.